Welcome back to the I Wish You New podcast, where we talk about the harsh dating realities that nobody else is willing to touch. Today, I'm joined by my good friend, Sarah Don Moore, as always. Sarah, good to see you again. Good to see you too, Adam. We're also joined today by Matt Daly. He's the president of a digital media company and also a digital expert. Matt, introduce yourself to the audience and tell them something you wish they knew about you or about the digital space. Mm. Well, thank you for having me on. This is a very unique experience to be sitting here with you wonderful people on a podcast discussing relationships. I think this will be an interesting conversation um, to talk a little bit about how the digital landscape is changing the world as we know it, um, deeply impacting people's relationships, and uh, how we might be able to combat or fix some of those conversations that are extremely negative these days. And... Uh, that's kind of what I'm hoping to talk a little bit about. Um, I wish the audience knew that it is okay to be sitting in the same home as one another or across from each other on dates with two different feeds entering their social media apps at all times. And therefore, the ideas that enter their brain can be quite different and uh, combative at times. And people should learn to treat screens as the news would have been before there was the internet. It's okay to have different opinions. It's okay to hear different messages and you should be able to come together and talk through those issues instead of now just cast people aside for different think. Now your pedigree in this field is really interesting. And I'd love for you to introduce yourself to the, to the audience that way. So they know how often you are online and exactly mm. how you know about this space. What do you do? So I've been working in the uh, social media sphere uh, for about five or six years now. I haven't really thought about it in a while. So in and around that range, um, built a lot of content creators, um, very large ones, and also continuing to do that now in many different spaces. So I spend probably 14 to 16 hours a day online on social media on all of the apps, digging into all of the apps, learning who's at the top of those apps, what communities they surround themselves with, the influence of external people into those communities, and the motives of driving uh, conversation. Because at the end of the day, when you can take a upper echelon creator or media company or podcast, you can reach more people than all of modern news combined. Wow. So you can have massive reach and impact and people need to learn that there's usually an agenda um, behind some of those people. So Matt, social media has changed the dating landscape as we know it. I'm yes. not quite sure for the better. What's your opinion on how people are navigating dating and relationships with social media? Um, can I ask a context question? Do you mean in, in the sense of a specific generation or just kind of broadly? Um, I think that we could probably go broadly and then get into specific generations because the millennials, you know, we didn't necessarily have phones on us per se. They mm -hmm. came in, you know, in college and Facebook came during college. So we didn't have the influence, but I'd love your take on Gen Z and how they're being impacted by it. Sure. Um, so funny enough, I was just having a conversation on the way here today with, um, my Uber driver. And he was very chatty and open to sharing what he was doing with his life. And he mentioned that um, he is uh, in his 50s and he was single. So he's figuring out the modern dating landscape. And he went back to an old ex and they're dealing with that um, situation, we'll say. 
So I asked him, you know, if that didn't work out, like, what would you be doing? How would you date in the modern age? And he says, I have absolutely no idea because all I see is people casting people aside um, endlessly. Uh, oh, I have a new choice. You disagree with me. I'm going to go find someone else. So I think, you know, we work our way backwards to millennials and then Gen Z. There's a lot of people these days that are um, swipe culture. So different dating apps and endless choice is one thing. But I think that just having Instagram or other social media where people are getting bombarded with DMs from athletes or actors or celebrities or influencers all day long trying to fly people out, whether that's going to be to a different country or to a different state and, you know, expectations start to happen. And uh, it's kind of shocking how globalization has taken a hold of uh, the West and uh, modern relationships. And this is very interesting because a lot of the men who come to me in my DMs, if they self-identify as like an avoidant person, I, hey, Adam, I think you shared this piece of content. I think I might have avoidant attachment style. And it's because I keep breaking up with my girlfriends at one year, right? I have this idea that I just have to go back to the app and I will find someone better. I have total fear of missing out over and over and over. I can't make it stop. And they do. They go back to the meet the app. It keeps enhancing their avoidant behaviors that they've already had. Sarah, have you experienced that maybe the men who come to you, do some of them have this challenge where they can't settle down into a relationship because they have so much choice? Uh, I think it's the opposite for them. I think they're frustrated because the women seem to have choices. Um, But a lot of the men that follow me have just kind of given up on dating because they feel as though why put themselves in the game if women basically are getting endless options. I actually saw a reel today where a woman was showing her hinge profile. She just opened hinge and she had 1400 messages from people and it, and it was going and keep kept rising blonde, young, pretty woman. So that's, that's what we're at today is with men. They're basically just tapping out because they're saying why I can't even compete with this. So potentially yes, to your question that they are becoming more avoidant because they just don't feel like that they can compete. Matt, is that something that you've noticed that women are getting so many options that they are having a hard time staying in relationships? Yeah, I see a lot of that happening, um, especially with Gen Z. So a lot of the cultural dating conversations that uh, those men and women are having with each other and their friend groups and all the content that they're putting out online is, um, yes, the dating pool for women is um, oceans. And the dating pool for men is a kiddie pool. Um, That's the difference that they're dealing with. So what a lot of men are doing now is they'll end up uh, in a relationship. Maybe they met each other at school or they met each other at, um, I don't know, a hobby or just anything like in real life. And they connect. Um, There are content creators on TikTok who are guys who are um, quote unquote pickup artists these days for Gen Z specifically. So what they'll do is they'll um, make content teaching guys how to be better on dating apps in terms of flow of conversation. But what happens is that's some of their content. The other half of their content is the guys in the audience going, hey, you're really good at this. Can you try that on my girlfriend? So what they'll do is they'll send in the information. He'll block out all the names and he'll then in, uh, he'll Instagram DM or text or whatever information he has to get in, in touch with this girl. And maybe they've been together for six months or a year or three years or whatever it is. There's all different uh, variables and scenarios. And he will hit on them with shirtless photos and 
a lot of the time they will start to hit on him back and then he sends all that information to the guy he doesn't take it too far he doesn't ask for nudes or anything like that um but he goes yeah she's she's willing to cheat on you she's willing to cheat on you is usually the thing what mm -hmm. how much are they charging for the service <laughs> that's an interesting i don't, I don't service. think it's paid it's just content wow Part of being a good partner is taking care of yourself so that the other person doesn't have to. And Rugged Legacy Grooming Supply will help you take care of yourself and look your best in your relationships. <laughs> do, what do you, okay, go back to the Gen Z type of situation. Mm. Are we lost? Is it lost for them? Will they ever... You think there will be some sort of a correction that happens in their generation when... I'm fascinated by Gen Z at, at, at like scale. Because during the pandemic and lockdown, they are the most technologically advanced and they are skyrocketing in terms of wealth. And it is potentially one of the first times in human history that the youngest generation is on track to be the richest. And that's just conceptually weird. And they don't know what to do with the money. They don't know what to do with the relationships once they've got the money. They don't know how to interact with each other because they're like, I'm rich. Why should I choose you? Or they're like, oh, I need to uh, become a high value man. That That's in the manosphere, the red pill community a lot these days that these kids are sitting at home watching instead of TV. They come home, they get on an app, they see all this content going around and they're like, oh, I must be that way. I must build myself up because let's say a girl has an OnlyFans account and she's making millions of dollars. Uh, throughout a year or a couple years or whatever it is that guy has to build himself up as an entrepreneur get some kind of money whether that's drop shipping or music or video game playing or any type of content creation because what he knows for certain is if he goes and gets a nine-to-five job as an accountant or working at mcdonald's or um just anything that a younger person would do when we were young right you'd see them all the time 18 to 24 year olds working in stores, I challenge you to find them now because they won't get a chance with people. I remember my first job was in retail and uh, that was the only option available at the time. I, that was it. Mm -hmm. If you want a job, you work your way up from the absolute bottom and all the boomers sit at the top and laugh at you and tell you, hey, someday 60 years from now, you can have my job when I retire, if I ever do, ha ha ha. And, and now it sounds like their, their options are limitless. OnlyFans, for example, talk to us a little bit about how that is changing the dating dynamic. If if men are angry about it, they love it, how women feel about it. I'm very curious what Gen Z's ex uh, desires are or interests are with OnlyFans, because growing up as a millennial, it, you know, if if a girl did a Playboy, like think people would look at her and say, like, oh, you know, she's hot, but very few people would want to date her. Is that playing out with the dating pool now? Are guys not dating women because they're on OnlyFans? Do those women have limitless dates because everybody wants them? What's that like? I mean, observationally, I've seen a lot of the new content creators, the new rise of um, influencers coming out of TikTok. So the pandemic surge got a lot of people, a lot of followers. They end up in the several million follower space. And it's usually for all kinds of different content, um, whatever they're most passionate about. And then they hit a certain number, a certain vanity metric of followers. And whether it's just them or it's them and their boyfriend or it's them and their husband many times, they look at that and they go, why are we working dead end jobs when we can hit the escape button in a matter of seconds? And then 
some of these people end up going the OnlyFans route, and then they tell their audience, like, oh, my God, thank you so much a couple days or a week later, and they're millionaires overnight. How many women who get on OnlyFans, do you have any idea what the percentage is? Because I don't. How many women who get on OnlyFans become millionaires? Probably not many, but also it depends on how they are thinking about using the app. Is it a quiet thing that you keep to the side to try and generate some side income? Is it a quiet thing you keep to the side because you are uh, exploring sexuality in some way and you don't obviously want friends and family to be involved with that or see that or be offended by that? Mm -hmm. And I understand that. I know that a lot of couples are going that route and it's more about the actual relationship than it is about the money. I also know that a lot of people are simply doing the escape button route and they're doing that. The ones that do that, I should say, are doing it because they have a marketing strategy in mind using all of the different social media tools available to actually hit that scale. So the people that don't understand that method are not going to make ungodly amounts of money, but the ones that do get it are freeing themselves from society. Okay. So not every woman becomes an OnlyFans princess. No. Okay. Are you worried about Gen Z's values and like where they lie? Because if they are valuing, I mean, we used to call, we used to make fun of them, honestly, when I was waiting tables in college, these guys would walk in with their afflicted jeans and there were, they had rhinestones all over them and fake tans and they value just materialistic things. And I see these Gen Zers just taking videos of Ferraris. There's like where are their values. If they're valuing the coin and that's the biggest thing that they're valuing. I think that through almost all of human history, People in the late teens to early 20s stage, whether that's our modern age of college and you know, whatever that would be the equivalent of in the past, usually did. They were usually trying to find their way in life and figure out what relationships they wanted to be in, what they actually value, a little bit of what their worth is. So that's why a lot of times relationships don't stem from college and being serious. You know, you're kind of exploring yourself, exploring new friends, new communities, new ideas, and figuring out who you want to be as a young adult. So I don't think there's anything really different happening. I think the ability to watch it happen has skyrocketed with the use of social media and our observation of what's happening at the time. I don't know what Gen Z in America will collectively value as a community and a country anymore because there's so much divisiveness from everyone trying to choose their own path. But I think at the end of the day, whether it's a teenage guy sitting in his room trying to figure out drop shipping and then tell his mom that at the age of 16, he just made $180,000 in a month because he figured it out with his friends is an escape button. And I think that a lot of the OnlyFans girls are doing the same thing. And I think in both scenarios, if you actually dig a little bit deeper into what their story was as to why they did this thing, um, it's to help them pay for school. It's to buy their mom a new house. It's to take care of a sick relative. It's to fund family members in a different country. So when we think about, okay, America are doing these things. I know for a fact there's a Venezuelan girl who's funding her family through not just OnlyFans. She has an entire business network set up, which is quite interesting in how fast she built it. But she is using that to take care of a lot of relatives at home. Mm -hmm. So I think, I think sometimes there's too much surface level judgment that can happen with these things and not enough 
understanding of the backstory as to why people might get into these things. I'm not saying it's good or bad either way. I'm just saying there's a lot of providing it can do for people in people's immediate circle that it's hard for us to judge and be like, that's definitively bad. But this isn't anything new, right? So Kim Kardashian, Paris Hilton, this has been going on for mm -hmm. that was that those were the only fans kind of models of my generation because yeah. I am a millennial. And so but what I've also seen is 10, 15, 20 years later, where Kim is sitting on the floor on an episode of the Kardashians and she's bawling her eyes out because North or a daughter or, you know, one of her eldest is able to see this stuff now and it's potentially being leaked. And she's got a lot of money and a lot of lawyers keeping it, you know, keeping the lid on her little scandal, whatever happened 15 years ago. Mm -hmm. So is this a case of where we're going to have a bunch of women 10, 15 years from now who finally want to have a family or who potentially don't want to do this anymore. And now they're kids. I'm sorry, but if I saw my mom actively copulating with my father, I don't, I don't see how that would be the healthiest thing for a child to see. I think that would be pretty scarring. So once again, it's like the, it's not about judgment it's more about you're not thinking about the ramifications of your decisions. And we all have consequences to our decisions. And this potentially is going to be a very big one. And if I could jump in there, I've uh, let's deepen that even a little bit. So you talked earlier about um, people put using social media to push and to create propaganda and to, to have an agenda behind mm -hmm. it is really what you said. Um, and I've heard, I don't know if it's true or not, you, you probably do know if it's true or not. I've heard that OnlyFans as a, as a company went and picked their best creators and then bl helped them blow up on social media or, or spread stories about richness and how easy it is to get wealthy on OnlyFans so that a bunch of girls jumped on and, and tried to do it. And now a lot of women are experiencing, you know, oh, I made I only made $120 this month. This is so stupid. What am I doing? And, and I've... I, Again, I don't know how much that's true. I'd love to dig into that with you. What does that look like from a sustainable system, uh, a sustainable approach? Are we looking at OnlyFans is here to stay from now on, or or it's always going to be this and it's going to increase that way? To Sarah's point, do you think that we're going to reach a, a point where there's a tremendous amount of regret and we collapse back and everybody becomes a prude? What do you see? What do you think that you see in that? I'd love to dig in and then get your expert opinion on that. As far as do social media apps push their largest creators, yes. Uh, they usually try and get people into the platform and then uh, heat them. Uh, that was a term that uh, TikTok used. So you're turning up the dial on reach, you're turning up the dial on engagement to try and get people going, oh my God, this is the best platform in the world. I want to be part of this too. Mm -hmm. And then FOMO takes place. Mm -hmm. um, there's not a social media app in the world that doesn't try and do that. Mm -hmm. So that's not, you know, PR at the end of the day, sure. right? So if you're saying, do people come into the app with large expectations and then don't really make it? Um, again, so let's let's put OnlyFans and let's say Facebook side by side. Mm -hmm. Do people start Facebook businesses and fail at scale? Yes. So I, it's kind of like one for one. There's no real difference. It's just you're selling different product or services or whatever it's going to be. Sure. Um, in terms of what I kind of believe, I don't think that the people that are successful with it will care later in life, but I'll add some context to that in a second. Mm -hmm. 
um, to the point of what you're bringing up about Kim Kardashian and how she's kind of going. Like, I, I, I don't watch the show. I've seen a clip or two of her saying things like, oh, my God, I'm this age. I'm, you know, extremely wealthy. I have kids with um, does she have kids with different dads? Or I, I don't know. No, just Kanye. Just one. OK, there's a little bit of baggage there as Kanye is stepdad, I'm sure. And I, I know that she said, like, no one's going to want to date me. Right. I think it's much less to do with the um, tape and more of like just a situation in life. I think there's a lot of people that uh, might be in their 40s and 50s and have a couple kids or a couple different kids. And that that's just a unique dating struggle to that age bracket. Well, that's at the time, one. But which, she's also talking about her kids finding those videos. Yeah. So I'll touch on that, too. I think it can only be decided by the individual and not society at large. It's too easy to be like. You shouldn't do that. You'll feel this way. People will judge you, et cetera. If there could potentially be net positive for a lot of people's lives, I think it's... Well, then how is a moral compass of a society even formed if everyone is just picking the best uh, possible outcome for their life? Where is mm -hmm. the societal structure? Where is the glue that holds everything together? Because mm -hmm. if I was just doing what was best for me in my life, then what keeps me from taking out the neighbor? Because that was best for me. Great question. So it wouldn't come down to, I think, taking out the neighbor. It would just be ignoring the neighbor. So as far as society at large goes, yes, I think there's mass collapse of shared values. So if the neighbor was a pedophile, I just ignore that neighbor? I'm confused. What do you mean? If there's no consequences. If there's no social fabric, if there's if there's no my decisions don't impact you, then I'll do whatever the hell that I want. And you can just you'll just ignore me, even if that well means hurting America. children. That's that's exactly how America was formed. Nobody can look into each other's house. And then if someone's doing some heinous stuff like that, they go to prison real fast. So I guess a good question would be there seems a big divide over this and i think we, we, we as a culture we're going to have to try to figure out how to reconcile this i i think at some point one group of people in society would argue that OnlyFans is prostitution that prostitution is bad that you inherently will be miserable because you are doing something that is bad and that everyone around you will shame you for it or later in life you will develop an inherent oh no what did i do i was bad is the idea and then you have the second group, right? The opposite extreme. I'm sure there's people in the middle, but the opposite extreme would say that there is no reason for a woman to feel guilty about using her body, about showing her body, that there's nothing inherently sinful or to use a religious term or, or miserable that these women aren't going to say, oh, I did OnlyFans and now I'm ashamed and want to kill myself. And that we are using a social construct to make women ashamed artificially of things that for example, that bonobo chimps do in the nature. I, I hear that all the time. What's your What's your idea here, Matt? If you would dig in with us a little bit, are we experiencing a pendulum effect where society as a whole is shifting toward sexual exploration, and then society as a whole will shift back toward neo puritanism? Do you think we're going to stay that way? Is it a, a fracturing of morals? What, what do you think is happening here? What do you see in the future? I think that if you take it down to the individual level, that you say, sh should women feel shamed or anything like that, right? Mm -hmm. I think the only person that should decide whether they feel shame or not is the woman doing whatever she's doing. Mm. So um, society looking inward instead of her looking outward is irrelevant. Like we, who are we to decide what someone should be shameful of? 
um, to a degree. I think I think to that's I think that's very subjective, and I think that's contextual based on you know there shouldn't be crime. Is she harming someone? Ah, right. I don't think so. And if she feels differently later on, then that's the decision she made mm-hmm. and went with her life forward in, and that's she has to figure that out. Okay. I think that when we say women only fans all these things, it's actually interesting. There's a lot more couples doing it than most people realize. And I, I could be wrong on this. I think the top creator on OnlyFans is Tyga. So a man. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. And there's quite a few doing that on there as well. So, and you also have to wonder what type of content is being put out there. So um, is it prostitution? I don't know. Are people sleeping together on there? Or like th- there's many different avenues that people take, I'm sure. Mm. So I want to pitch this to you for a second. There's a content creator I came across um, many years ago Mm -hmm. who I really think is doing good for the world Mm -hmm. by providing. So he is a content creator that blew up on TikTok. He was trapped in the pandemic in South America. I I might get the story wrong a little bit, but I believe it was he was an alcoholic who was going to die. And he wanted to not be an alcoholic. So he left everything in his life behind and he went to South America to travel and like... I don't know what's about to happen next, but I'm going to live or I'm going to die. And he got trapped there in the pandemic. And what was really interesting was this family took him in. He didn't speak a word of Spanish, I think. It was very hard to figure out what was going on. And this uh, grandmother protected him for the entire time and fed him. And they had almost nothing. Like they could barely feed themselves, but they kept this man alive. Wow. So he used TikTok to create content to get the word out to try and raise money for not only this family, but as many families as possible. Mm -hmm. So now he has an NGO, he uses millions and millions of views to generate eyeballs to get money in, and they go build homes in South America, and they bring toys to kids in South America, and they build beds and roofs and anything that they can do to support people. That sounds wonderful. And that's through the use of technology and social media. And that is potentially viewed as good and providing. Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's many people that go, alcoholic, bad. Sure. So if on the flip side of that, it's a uh, girl woman on TikTok, uh, sorry, on uh, OnlyFans, and she is able to do anything she's doing to make money, to provide for her immediate family, and then start extrapolating that outward into community, um, sister, uh, the sister's kids, uh, brother, brother's kids, and that starts to protect the immediate familial unit and the circle around them. I struggle to say, you are bad. That is bad. All she's doing is trying to provide in the modern age. Now, when we look outside of that and we go, okay, back to dating and relationships and things like that. Yes, many years later, she could be like, I don't feel so good about that morally or the kids have seen something or whatever it is. But it's too difficult to say that was a really bad decision if you've taken care of a lot of people along the way. I think that's very difficult. Well, but difficult in the eyes of whom? External people. So I think that has to be something like right. But really if I'm the child, then isn't it a responsibility of a mother to have a, a, a foreshadowing of what is going to potentially traumatize my child? I am sure. going to act in a certain way before I bring a child into this world, so that when they when they don't, let's say my friend sends them, you know, an OnlyFans picture of my mother, mm-hmm. I I can't imagine that the child would feel that there wasn't some sort of an emotional or mental impact 
for sure of seeing their mother so, so. here's here's two scenarios that i'm actually glad you brought that up because this is something I, I wanted to discuss with this so in one real scenario there are single girls who are in such a terrible life circumstance in america beaten by family members no friends no prospects no money no hope and then they sign up for only fans and then they make some money and they flee a horribly abusive scenario and they get a condo or a whole wh wherever they end up living right they get an apartment condo now they're on their own they're away from this terrible situation and that decision might certainly impact them emotionally um, and, and impact their kids later on in life. But if they've escaped this with that escape button, I don't know that that's bad. I don't have an answer for that. I guess I would just need to know what percentage of women are destitute who aren't able to get, I mean, are, are you not, hold on. Mm -hmm. Are you not thinking that you said it yourself. These, these women don't want to get a job at Walmart because it's not Some. as easy. It's not as sexy. It's not as gratifying. It's hard yep. manual labor. And my concern is that this generation, I saw it happening when I was in a different capacity, when I was in corporate America and these kids would come to me for mentoring and they would come to me for, certain type of advice on how to get a job like I had. I had a very, very high power job. Uh, it took me 15 years to build that career and they wanted to sidestep all the work that I had put in. And I said, there, there's no easy way to do this. You have to work hard. Mm -hmm. They didn't like that answer. They didn't want to hear that answer. Mm -hmm. And so my fear is that this generation we are raising that we have raised is extremely narcissistic, extremely self-centered. They don't value hard work because it is not hard to get a bunch of men to pay for you, to show your tits, to have, you know, using masturbation is a bunch of guys who are lonely and sad. And I'm not necessarily disagreeing, but can I ask, so you said it's not hard to get men to pay for that. Mm -hmm. Where would they come from? No, I'm saying that they they are choosing. Well, hold, the the this generation so if you, is if you choosing. just pop open an account, if you make mm -hmm. an account, you put out content. It's not like a social media app where it's just shown to a bunch of people. Mm -hmm. So where do they get the people from? I have no idea. I don't know. Oh, they're from tremendous amounts of work. Well, they're they're in my, for example, my Twitter feed all the time. If I post something about sex. Their account, they they've, uh, they scroll through and they drop like, hey, you could see me here, right here on OnlyFans. If I if I mention anything that could even just a word that could be accidentally used for sex, they drop immediately into my replies with some like, hey, you can watch me and like the most explicit material. You know, you know, do this at the screen when you scroll and thrive. I, but it, they they work hard to pull in all kinds of marketing to build those accounts. It it's. It's pretty wild what they do. Yeah, and I, I just I think blanket statements are the difficult part. I agree with a lot of what you just said. I think that it's having terrible impacts uh, potentially on the women later in life, on the children, and I think it's really damaging a lot of dating experiences because all the guys are going and going, okay, I've got kind of two scenarios right now. She's either probably going to get a bunch of DMs on just regular social media or she might have an OnlyFans. 
and she's got all this opportunity and all this money before her. What do I bring to the table? What do I have to offer? Mm -hmm. And they're competing now, not just with America or a local community. Um, if you went to college, you would usually bump into people at college. You would meet people there. Now those people at college are getting DMs from people in Dubai wanting to fly them out. And that's what the local guy's competing with. So it's very difficult now um, to to build things of meaning and value. I agree with that. And I want to bring up two pieces here. So um, I am really active on social media myself, obviously. I think we all are. And I have a one of the top female OnlyFans creators. I won't say her name or blow anything out. But a lot of her non-explicit material comes across my feed quite often over on, now not Twitter, X, because I'm in the relationship space. A lot of my colleagues on there, they talk about it and they, they repost her material. And a lot of her comments about relationships have been that it's really hard to find someone quality who wants to date her. It's really hard for her to find a partner. Um, a lot of them are turned off by her previous work. She's not saying no one will care for me and no one will have sex with me. She's saying most of the guys I'm aiming for currently are turned off by my work. Mm -hmm. There's also two different situations to look at with kids. So there was a story recently about a young boy who went into middle school and a bunch of the other kids found his mom's OnlyFans material and bullied the crap out of him and he committed suicide over this. But there's also a story on the opposite side, right? Of I, I saw it not too long ago. My son signed me up for an OnlyFans and the mom was advertising that. And the son was like right there with mom. And, and oh boy. <laughs> it was very interesting. So, But that's the response of, oh boy, is is the generation coming after Gen Z? Are the kids going to be like, hey, fair play to mom? I'm curious about that. I kind of think that in the West, in North America, there's still this kind of um, religious view of sexuality. And I don't think it's very healthy. I'll give you an example. Um, you said that a kid went to school and saw some pictures of his mom and got bullied. Bad. If you took the same high school and put it in Spain mm. and uh, on the weekend, the kids went with the parents to the beach and everybody sees everybody naked. Mm. Nobody's getting bullied for that necessarily. Obviously there could be all kinds of contexts, but sure. you see the difference in culture and society. Oh. Um, so I think by stigmatizing it and maybe potentially over demonizing it, it's actually causing more of those um, uh, intergenerational pr uh, problems with relationships mm -hmm. um, and relationships within the demographics itself. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of where I would think of that. Interesting. So it's not that, there's one objective blanket morality we can lay on everybody. It's, for example, Americans were, were made fun of. The Europeans make fun of us all the time for being Puritans and prudes. They, the Puritans had to leave Europe because nobody over there shared their values. So is it, do you see that going forward? Maybe this is a, instead of a pendulum effect in America, maybe this is America growing into less of a stigma about sexuality. Do you think that's possible? I think it's going to head that direction. And I'd be curious to see your thoughts on that, hear your thoughts on that. Um, technology isn't going away. Technology, and, and I will give credit to Gary Vaynerchuk for this analogy. Uh, he says that it's like a tractor. People used to work in fields, they used to farm, then there was a tractor, you need less people. Technology is rapidly changing the world as we know it. And I think by saying, okay, this is good, this is bad, we can do that all day long, but 
the machine is not going away. The tool is not going away. And more and more people will decide for themselves individually if they want to use that tool, if they want to use a different tool. There's all these different methods to make money and sustain oneself. I think that potentially in America, there's going to be this mass um, shift with technology and, and the understanding and use of it where a lot of people will slingshot to being upper class and a lot of people will fall to the bottom class and there's going to be a real struggle is there even a, mo a middle class anymore a little bit down the road? I don't know the answer to that. Guys, I want to tell you about our sponsor today, Rugged Legacy, because from a woman's perspective, there is nothing more annoying than kissing a guy and then walking into the restaurant looking like you just rubbed up against some sandpaper. So this will help you and this will make your woman happy. Now, that's interesting that our classes could actually be divided based on that concept because and we do see a bit of that now are the, the people you might argue at the upper upper absolute upper level of society it's always been like well their morals are different than the rest of us our morals hold us back that's at least what the people at the bottom tend to say mm -hmm. and maybe that's maybe this is just a continuation of the same thing the the, the women who are most comfortable doing only fans could rise to the top the women who are not maybe they don't get up there maybe they have to attach to a man who does get up there but if that option is always open, is that relationship stable anymore? What do you think, Sarah? Do you think, do you think we're getting to a point where every woman will eventually feel comfortable having an OnlyFans? Or do you think there's a point where some women just innately will absolutely say no, even if society says, this is great, do it. So first of all, in answer to your question, no. I think that women who have self-respect for themselves, I don't know, you guys, like this is I think you guys are talking like men you're it's like very systematic and you're talking yeah. about like cause and effect and this and that and you're it's like a, two robots talking like this is just bullshit. you guys we we have a whole generation of kids who are spoiled rotten little princesses we have women who are highly emotionally damaged who are not able to get married because of guys because we have a bunch of simps who are like helping to promote this type of behavior. And you're talking about like not judging and not morals and this, that it's like, of course there's judgment. Of course there has to be because this is, our society is gonna fall apart. I was taught as a woman to respect yourself, keep your clothes on. And I grew up in poverty. I grew up without, you know, I grew up without OnlyFans. I made it, I reached the top. I made six figures like I got out of the, the food stamps that we were raised on without showing skin, without having to cheapen or lessen my self-esteem because I had positive influences telling me these are the consequences. This is how you will feel. So you can't you can't tell me Should that a people woman judge that journey outside people looking in on that wonderful success story. Should they be able to? judge that though what judgment would they have well i think there would be a lot of people who would take issue with the reaching the top by working with a pharmaceutical company i think there could be a lot of contention there sure yeah they no can judgment. judge all they want no judgment for me but you see how people could have an opinion about that. I'm sure there's a lot of people that hate that industry. Yeah, and they for can sure. come and attack you, and which I don't also, think is right there's either. There's also many sick people who would shake my hand and exactly. bow at my feet and say, yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. But 
we're all, we were also curing massive diseases and massive ailments that people were dying from. Yep. And then these medications came along and they were able to have a high quality of life. And, so hold on. A, yeah. So you're saying that because I'm showing you my naked body and because I'm feeding your addiction to porn and because I'm no. feeding your addiction to a, an, an OnlyFans model that I that that's the same as the pharmaceutical industry potentially? No, I think that the people who admire their journey as much as you admired yours shouldn't be judged or shamed for doing it. I think that that would, I, I think that's debatable. And as a, as a woman, I, I still don't think that you, I don't have to judge you. I'm, I'm I don't really care what you do, but my argument the is American that way. <laughs> I don't, I don't care. Yeah. Whatever. Like, so is that, is that is potentially choice. the shared value though, that actually holds people in America together is how much, judgment and disagreement and i like your way you shouldn't like my way all i don't think there's things. anything isn't that kind of the crux america of together america? right now no i i don't think that there is there is anything holding america together how is that holding america together the ability to disagree without it all crumbling apart but isn't it crumbling apart subjectively also on the same time there's more people in gen z who we might all have opinions about becoming millionaires overnight. And I'm not actually talking about OnlyFans. I'm talking about how they understand technology better than so many people around the world and have the um, unique opportunity to be in America where the the reach from those social media companies is astonishing and the purchasing power of, let's say, uh, an e-com product, a mug is an example, is is changing people's lives. And I think that we don't quite know yet, but 20 years from now, looking back on Gen Z, I think we're going to be very proud of them at scale. But you're just, you just said that the richer are getting richer and the poor are getting poorer. So again, that is based off of whose perception that they're going to be proud of them for making them more poor, for causing more of a... Well, I don't think it's that they're making each other poor or richer. I just think that the, the levels are rapidly changing between who can go from zero to a million and, and people that are potentially stuck in jobs that, as, a, as an example, might be highly disrupted by technology, trucking or something like that, um, uh, anything with AI, a lot of um, plumbing jobs, electrician jobs are disappearing like crazy. There might be big infrastructure issues down the road. Um, so, so maybe suddenly tradespeople are the millionaires all of a sudden, right? It depends what you can charge because there's, there's, there's no clear path forward yet because of how much changes before us there's no incentivization then for anyone to take a trades job or or there's no incentivization then for then society will shift through regulation and law change to say hey guys we really need this we need you to do this maybe schooling changes from all of the um different programs that exist now in university and it becomes much more oriented towards the trades 20 years from now, as an example. I'm not sure that that will happen, but. Okay, but the difference between me and an OnlyFans model though is basically mental health. You've seen some of the, the consequences of some of these only models, this M Amareth, or I don't even know what her name is. Mm -hmm. You know, she's had leaked her boyfriend's messages of him mentally, physically abusing her. She, is, she had basically leaked it to her fans mm -hmm. and it became, you know, a huge social media plug or story that everyone seemed to be talking about. So there's no way that you can tell me that me throwing wine boxes at a fries, food and drug, trying to get 
trying to make myself something working for $20 an hour. Yeah. Was I mentally stable? Yeah. Did I have a relationship at the time? Yeah. I was doing great. Did I have a boyfriend that was abusing me mentally because I was on OnlyFans? How can you say that these women aren't affected from a mental health standpoint? And where you just, you just said a study to me the other day that women are more on antidepressants, more depressed than ever before. So as a society, are we not collectively caring? Like F it. You just do whatever you want. No consequences. Even if your mental health fails, even if you have abusive relationships, even if you have daddy issues, like how is that taking responsibility for society or as a woman, again, the nurturing, the caring, the person that wants to, to talk to these women to potentially help them see there are other ways to wealth. Two interesting parts there. So the first I would say is there's definitely other pathways to wealth and, but, but I shouldn't, I externally shouldn't tell you how you should get there as a human being. I think that's up to the individual. I shouldn't be like, you can or can't do that. That's kind of the American way a little bit. Um, but while you were saying that story, I was thinking about, um, a very viral video that went around uh, just the other day on TikTok, and it was about uh, a nature uh, photograph that was taken, and it won a lot of awards. And it was the face of a deer, a mother deer, and it was being attacked by, I believe, cheetahs, and it was about to die. And the photographer that was taking that photo was watching the situation just before it happened and then snapped it, and the mom sacrificed herself so that the kids could live to get away from the cheetahs and being eaten and die. What happens next after the f- photographer left and those kids grow up or they're eaten three days later because they don't know how to survive is impossible to say. But I think there are potentially circumstances where women are going into any avenue of social media and trying to build themselves up where they are potentially trying to get out of a very bad situation or sacrifice themselves some happiness, some laughs down the road, which are going to negatively impact them to try and better their immediate family, their children in some way. I think they're protecting people. This is interesting because it comes back to the old cliche that every, every exotic dancer slash stripper is a single mom trying to raise her kids. Um, A lot of, uh, and, and I've, I've worked with a number of women over the years through my years uh, as a licensed marriage and family therapist, as a psychotherapist doing treatment, a lot of single moms coming in who did say, you know what, I do have a history of, of this work over here. Here are my kids. And then using that money, can you help my children to help and grow? Can you improve them? So I, I think that there, I definitely have a moral opinion and I have my own, my own, my own ideas on this. I won't get into that right now. I'm, I'm interested to dig in with you and where we're going, but I can see a point in having the options there and that some people will select them and that some good could still come out of it. Mm-hmm. What I'm curious about most here is what does this mean for mm-hmm. love and romance in the future? Is there a future of love and romance are is love and romance dead is romance gone because of the rise of this sort of idea that you can get feelings anywhere from whoever what do you think of that the biggest threat that i see to modern relationships is texting dms and screenshots Mm. not necessarily in any particular order but Mm. the amalgamation of them Mm -hmm. so 
I think that a lot of the youth, as you mentioned, and that sounds like a terrible story because that guy sounds crazy. I haven't seen it. I don't know yeah, the details. You should be able to reach out for help and identify threats and problems. But I see a lot of the youth trying to um, shame and destroy and cancel and attack one another in both sides. And I, I think that is a big issue. And I think everybody's maybe then going, I'm way more valuable than you. So I have endless options. And that's also a big problem. And I think everyone's trying to figure that out right now, navigate that through um, what do I do for money? Because let's say, let's say I'm just turned 18 and I want to get a job. Mm -hmm. I have two pathways before me trying to figure out influencing of some kind, content creation of some kind. Maybe I make uh, videos about microphones on YouTube and that's, that's my passion. I'm going to try and make that happen mm -hmm. and monetize that. It's a lot more freeing potentially and a lot more creative and a lot more fun than a nine to five big box retail, something or other. I think that's a big decision before people. And then the next question is, okay, whatever way you take, how do you find someone who shares those values and what relationships do you try and get in? Because this with the microphone is 12 to 14 hour days of content creation and trying to figure things out. And you suddenly might not have time to go meet someone versus the other lifestyle. Maybe you have much less wealth and value, but you're a good person and you build a lot of quality relationships with each other. I don't know the answer. I think it still then comes back down to the individuals and Again, to your point, what are the values of America? Yeah, but if the research the research is clear when it comes to happiness and creating happiness within relationships, if you look at, I mean, there's a, an amazing documentary right out now on Netflix on Blue Zones, mm. uh, the people living the longest, right, the centenarians, they mm. go and they track where uh, these particular populations are within the country and within the world. There's actually one here in Loma Linda in California and in every single one of them, the biggest thing was they had a community, they had relationships, they had, they were farming with other people, they had children, they had families. Mm -hmm. So my fear is that ultimately we are creating a generation that is not going to be happy. They, they don't know what happiness is. They're sitting in their basement. Yeah. 14 hours a day, making a lot of money, sharing it with whom? Okay, so then let's say that we have 50% of women going OnlyFans and 50% of men being the ones that pay for OnlyFans. Are we going to live in a matrix or, or some sort of meta universe where all we're doing is communicating with each other within that universe and not having real relationships? Like, where do you see the future of relationships if social media and all these platforms are continuing to grow, mm. where, like, where is the, where's the line that gets drawn? Like, is there still a place for happiness and love in the future? Yeah. Like real love. I think that we are going through a digital renaissance right now. And that's why I'm extremely hopeful for the future. Cause what I see and believe happy to be wrong about, uh, is that people are getting extremely creative with new avenues to create wealth and uh, money and uh, passion and creativity. And, and they're starting to put themselves out there. And I don't mean in the only fan sense, I mean, in any sense on social media, they're using their phone to become a business and they are finding their tribes around the world. You might be able to make a video about a microphone that suddenly someone in India 
who's been trying to learn how to become a podcaster can see and you can build that network and community. And then suddenly someone in Australia wants to chime in because they've been doing it for 20 years and know a better microphone. And you can really start to help each other globally, um, find what you're interested in and, and free yourself in a lot of ways, a lot of cool ways. And I think that we are just at the beginning of that. And I think that what technology is going to do for society is largely going to be net positive. I think that a lot of nations around the world are rising in success rates. Um, you know, a, a lot of um, people around the world are not having kids die at childbirth. Our health is improving. Technology turning into uh, biotech in the near future might help people. Uh, we might have less population because people are having less kids, but we might have a lot healthier, creative ingenious population that comes from that and and the future society we can build for the globe at large kind of think things are heading in that way to the only fans thing for a second i want to kind of play with an idea here about what is good and what is bad there's a book i really like it's called the jungle so it was written uh at the turn of the 19th century it is fiction but it was an investigative journalist who was a communist and was trying to think about the working class versus the uh, capitalist class. And his name was Upton Sinclair. Mm -hmm. And he went into the Chicago meatpacking industry and he interviewed people who worked there um, on all sides. As far as I know, it was people that were staff, people that were workers and like, what is going on here? And there was such an influx of people into America at the time. And there were so few jobs that basically if you didn't do the 16 hour shift and then walk home in the snow and come back the next day, someone was ready and willing to take your place and your money and you wouldn't be able to feed your family. So the working class and conditions were horrendous for human beings. Like some of the worst things I've ever heard in my life come from the notes in that book. Um, and then on the flip side of that is the people generating all of that money sitting in their, you know, nice homes with the fireplace, um, treating human beings horribly but producing meat that fed a whole bunch of people. When you look at that, you go, this is terrible and bad at the same time. What is right? What is morally right? I don't know. So as far as the future of relationships go, I think back to that exact point, I don't know. And I think everyone's trying to weigh into the uh, zeitgeist, the social commentary about what that future could and should look like. I think that over time, that arena will sort itself out, mm -hmm. but I cannot necessarily comment on a definitive. Mm -hmm. I think that there are always duality to, uh, there is always duality to every situation. Yes, and, so yes, a lot of the Kim Kardashian stuff is happening where they're horribly upset later in life, and I'm not advocating that kids should be put into that position by any means. I'm not saying that women should go sign up for OnlyFans tomorrow. I just think that whatever pathway the individual is choosing to try and do something better for themselves and then their community and then their actual community and then potentially country is something that we have to look at. And, and that's always the lens that we should try and apply to each situation to make sure that we don't fall apart as a society. We don't want too much judgment. We want a little bit more understanding and then still have opinions and you know morals and things from our own perspective, but not so much putting people down, but trying to build people up. So how I got my start as a coach was working with um, addiction and trauma. People who were incredibly traumatized, mm -hmm. who used, who had very poor upbringings, parents that abandoned them, um, 
come from broken homes. And they, a lot of them ended up in addiction, porn, you know, with prostitution, became strippers because of the trauma that they had been through. Mm-hmm. So it's very hard for me to ignore the big elephant in the room, which is the fact that a lot of these people are suffering from some pretty severe mental health trauma and issues. So as a coach and as somebody who has helped a lot of people overcome these issues, it's just very difficult for me to say that there's not going to be any ramifications about this or any type of a, a, um, that you're just feeding this nasty type of an addiction. And I know with working with these potential, you know, with these people that they weren't happy, they were miserable Mm -hmm. and a lot of them canceled themselves. You know, a lot of them do end up committing the S word. I don't know if I can say that on YouTube or any of these places, but a lot of them ended up really, really miserable and unhappy, not able to be thriving in relationships, not able to be functioning members of society and their life was just wretched. So I, I don't know. I don't think that I can really, it's not a judgment. It's more of a, I want to help mm-hmm. let them understand that there is another way that their life has meaning and purpose. And what they're missing is the void that they're trying to fill from these outside sources mm-hmm. is, is why they potentially get into some of these things. Because a lot of people that have healthy upbringings, secure parents, loving parents who are both there, I don't think take some of these avenues, take some of these routes, get into these addictive processes mm-hmm. because you don't fall prey to them because you have a, a social system to fall back on. You know what is healthy for you. You have people to rely on. You have people that are holding you accountable. That is what, you know, 12 step essentially is, is it's a community of people that come together that provide that family structure for you. And that is how people get better. That is how people get out of these certain situations and become thriving members of society. Mm-hmm. So I, I just, I, I counseled women who were porn stars, who were prostitutes. And the minute that they felt loved, appreciated, accepted, given, given that fatherly figure that they had always wanted, mm-hmm. they left the industry and they were able to find amazing, fulfilling professions where they didn't have to f- sell their soul. I don't think, so that last part, I don't think they're selling their soul, but I want to come back to what you said about broken homes and then people ending up in that position and then people exiting, we'll say, Mm -hmm. right? So it's that last part that we're mostly in agreement on. And then I'm saying the why that might be happening is because of the judgment being passed at scale. So imagine you have no other option. You've you've individually decided you have no other option to go that route and end up in that scenario because of a broken home or addiction or trauma or anything. And you're you're now in that position. And then the world comes in and says you're an evil, terrible person or what you're doing is bad. And the damage that can have on your last hope is what I'm cautioning against. And I'll give you an example of this. There's a song that went hyper viral in the 90s. City High, what would you do? And I would encourage people to listen to that song before they say definitively that's bad. 
I think that you have to work with those people on an individual level and see if there's a way to help people get out of a bad situation or not shame them on their, their, their last straw. So I've got one last thought before we close out here for people who might not be satisfied with this discussion, for people who maybe didn't feel like there was their side one or they felt like one of us has argued wrong. Um, two key points. I think that we're in the middle of, like you said, a digital renaissance. I think it's also a cultural shift. So in talking to a lot of people that I've spoken to over the years, um, two interesting people have really stood out to me. One was a preacher down in Louisiana who said that over the last thousand years, 1500 years, that, that Christians in the West have been extremely pampered because every, every culture in the West has been designed around, or at least mostly around their morals, right? This is bad. This is good. All the laws support that. And they didn't have to stretch out and be too uncomfortable, right? He thinks that we're turning a point where that's no longer going to be the case. We're going to have laws that restrict us, laws that persecute us is what he was saying. So we're no longer going to be spoiled and we need to understand that things are going to change and things will be very uncomfortable. At the same time, I've spoken to Catholic priests who a lot of them in their collectives, in their groups, when they get together in retreats, they're discussing how we are in America in many ways in a post-Christian nation where we are growing past that. There are changes. The, the Catholic Church is encouraging people in America, their leaders especially, to switch from maintenance mode into outreach and evangelical mode, to evangelization mode, to we now have to bring people back in as if we live in a pagan nation is how they're changing things. So what's interesting here is the change that we're making here, the, the, the thing we're discussing, OnlyFans, is it prostitution? If it is, is prostitution bad? I look at the old Mesopotamian religion, for example, of the cult of Inanna, and she was a goddess of, in many ways, of prostitution. You actually, to be initiated into her religion as a priestess, you had to sit on the temple steps and someone would throw money in your lap and you would have sex with them. And it was considered a holy act to engage in prostitution in her cult. Is it possible that America could be leading the world into that? Maybe OnlyFans won't be viewed as an awful thing. Maybe it will be viewed as right, empowering, you go girl kind of culture. We could be heading in that direction. I'm not arguing for it. I'm not saying it's great. I'm just saying we might be very uncomfortable in the future. All of us could be very uncomfortable in the future as we move forward into this discussion. So I encourage everybody at home, please, please let us know what you think of this discussion. Drop some comments down below, contact us, have a discussion of your own about this episode. Share this with your friends and find out what they think. This should be the beginning of a conversation, a continuation of it. I encourage you to discuss what we're talking about. Do you think one of us is right, one of us is wrong? Where do you think we're going with this? I think it's really sad that we've come to the place in our society or something so simple such as you know my guy friends and the family that i grew up in and the social system that i grew up in what they would tell me was sarah you know don't sleep with a guy too soon you know kind of leave some to the imagination you know you don't want a guy just you don't want a guy to just value you for your body because it doesn't make you feel good it doesn't make He's not going to want to stick around. You know, you're going to attract a certain type of guy. I guess this advice used to be so basic for me <laughs> growing up as a woman. And I think it's sad that older women are trying to give that advice, but now we're called prude or now we are 
going against the fold or now we're considered to be traditional women because we don't necessarily want to propagate this type of culture. And if I had a daughter or if I had a younger sister or if I was giving advice to a woman, it would be have some modesty, leave some imagination. Men, men, men appreciate that. Men want you to have some sort of pride to not show skin, to, to be respectable, to, to value yourself so that they feel as though you're not just laying it all out for the world to see. Men go to wars for their queen, not for everyone's queen, for their queen. So I'm just, it makes me sad that we're even having this discussion. Makes me sad that women are going to be raised in a society where they're even given an option to go be a prostitute or to go be an OnlyFans model and they're selling their soul for money. I think that we are going to have a lot of unhappy, even more single, even more sad women in the future. And um, I guess it's open for debate, but there's no shame in this. It's more of a an older sister coming to you and saying, there's other ways. And, um, you know, just, it just makes me sad, that's all. And as a woman, I feel bad for other women who don't have the self-esteem to say no. So I think the key takeaway for me would be, I wish you knew that if you've chosen to go that route and your parent finds out or your friend finds out or um, a guy dating you finds out and they try and shame you for it, that you don't have to feel like you need to kill yourself. Guys, great discussion here today. Thank you for being, being willing to have this difficult talk. This was rough. Everybody at home, I'm sure it was rough on you. Take some time, do some self-care. For now, I am Adam Lane Smith. You can find everything about me on adamlanesmith.com. My good friend, Sarah Dawn Moore, is at sarahdawnmoore.com, where you can find our courses, our coaching. If you just need to send us a virtual hug, we are also there and all over social media. Matt, where can people find you? I guess people could find me on Instagram. I will be looking forward to your hateful DMs and your explanations as to why I'm wrong. Um, I actually accept that. If you have any differing thoughts, um, happy to hear them. Uh, I'm not advocating one way or the other. I just don't want people to feel um, hopeless. So if, if it's if it's external shame that's making them feel hopeless, I don't think that's good. But I'm not necessarily advocating for like, hey, go sign up tomorrow. That's it's not my take on it either. So um, Instagram, Matt underscore underscore daily. That's it. <laughs> and that will be in the show notes and in the description. You'll find all that information down there. Until next time, take care of yourself and we'll see you again.